Welcome to Game & Watch with Aaron and James, the show where we talk about games we've been gaming and movies and TV shows we've been watching. I'm Aaron. And I'm James. And today we're talking about Barbarian, the 2022 horror film written and directed by Zach Kregler. 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 Sorry, Zach Kregler. <laughs> um, and Are you sure it's not Dr. Krieger? It Dr. could be Dr. Krieger. It could, it could be Dr. Krieger. TV's Archer. Um, you may have just heard a third voice and we have special guest star. We couldn't book him last week, but we got celebrity chef Emeril Lagasse. <laughs> bam. <laughs> yes, bam. Uh, no, this is friend Casey who is joining us this week for our barbarian discussion. Hello, Casey. Hello. I can't wait to talk about a movie that I haven't seen. And will never, I'm assuming. Um, once I saw the grudge in the ring at the top of the poster that Aaron sent me, I was like, well, this isn't for me. <laughs> no, it's not. Tell us a little bit more why. Why would you never see movies like The Ring or The Grudge? Um, I have, my brain likes to store images and then scare them, scare me with them at night while I'm sleeping. And then when I wake up from those nightmares, I don't go, Phew. oh my God, I'm safe. I'm like, that bitch is in my fucking house. She's here. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I realized that in high school, and I was like, I can't watch these because even if I'm actually okay while I'm watching it, my if my brain's gonna do something with it at night, I can't do anything about that. So okay. fair enough. Uh, we think probably just the description of the movie will not spook you out too much. Uh, but I would say it's probably a good thing you did not actually watch this movie yourself. Would you say that's fair, James? Yeah, I would I would agree. And I would say that everything you just described is exactly what we wanted to have yes. on this podcast today. <laughs> yeah, yes. I truly don't know what I'm walking into, so I'm very excited. It's and a trap why. that Aaron has set for you. I yeah. mean, if why and me, but Aaron loves to set traps and I'm happy to walk into them. Both literal and metaphorical. <laughs> yeah. I can dig it. I can dig a tiger pit like no one's business. <laughs> um but tell us tell us your history with the movie james because this is not the first time you've seen it no this was the second time well second and a half time i guess i watched it like one and a half times and um this most recent um for the for the for the episode but i i saw it in theaters at the end of september i had heard about it like people were just saying don't like learn anything going in don't even like look at the trailer don't don't look at the poster <laughs> It's like, it's impossible. I feel like you should know absolutely nothing. It's so much better to know no, nothing. And I, I wish I did um, because I did not watch the trailer. I did look at the poster. However, as something that has happened to me too many times recently, and it's one reason I feel like I should get rid of Twitter, I run into spoilers on Twitter without even trying to look for them. And so I actually had a pretty big thing spoiled for me going into this movie. Um, and it did not affect my enjoyment whatsoever i think i maybe would have had an even better time the first time but i thought it was excellent and i was nervous it wasn't going to hold up as much on rewatch and it did and i'm very pleased about that um when we get to the point in the film that you had spoiled uh, for you let us know because i'm curious what that would be i will I think I, I think i have an idea i think I'll, it might be about an actor well i'll just say it yeah it's it's a it's a an actor and a character that dies. I didn't know anything about it. And I, but I knew that they died. Yeah. So, 
but I'm, you, can, uh, you can put the pieces together there. So for me, this is the first time I saw the film. I had seen a trailer forever ago, which normally I try not to watch trailers. It was probably during a movie I was seeing. I think I sent you the trailer, even though oh, I hadn't watched it myself. You. Sorry Maybe about that. Did. But I'd seen the trailer uh, a while ago, and I, I remember I flagged it kind of in my mind as something I wanted to see. And I forgot about it. Didn't really remember the film at all, except for the very basic premise and um, watched it with Edgar. And we both, uh, we were both at the edge of our seats most of the time, I would say. Most of the time. Yeah. Most there there the are time. parts of the movies we'll talk about that very intentionally do not want you to be at the edge of your seat. It is like relaxing time and have a good laugh. Yeah, that's true. That's fair. But um, how did we get here? Um, so this was written and directed by Zach Kregler, as you mentioned, Kregler, as you mentioned, <laughs> good old Kregler. Um, he is one of the members of the comedy troupe whitest kids, you know, do you guys remember whitest kids, you know, at all? I've heard it. Who is in that? Uh, well, the only other person I know is, is, is <laughs> the only other person I know in it is his name is Trevor Moore. I think he tragically died recently around like 40 years old and. But like he they, they had like a movie that they put out that didn't do very well. But they had I wasn't really into a lot of their sketches, but they were like sketch comic group and they had some pretty funny ones, but they were kind of like under the radar. I felt like it was mostly just drunk freshmen in college playing their videos over and over again. Well, they're yeah. called the whitest kids, you know, yeah. um, and I mean, my only exposure to this film um, has been uh, Aaron sent me the movie poster just some hours ago and that's what i had and i saw justin long on there and i was like doesn't he isn't he the apple dork <laughs> yeah <laughs> he is and he's got quite an interesting part in this movie that we will elaborate on it more and i that's actually one of the things i wish i didn't know going in i knew he was in this movie and that was a bummer um you knew you, that the second you saw him you would have known yeah well we'll we'll get well, to that Okay. We'll, we'll I've never seen it, so yeah. I have yeah. no idea what anyone. <laughs> we'll provide some content, like some. Yeah. We're going to be providing some like horror movie context for you, like like the kind of things that you start thinking when you see certain actors in a horror movie or in any movie, really, um, or Nazi. I mean, there. I don't. I'm not sure how many Justin Long movies you guys have seen. Uh, Aaron, you're a big Justin Longhead. You know, I actually am a Justin Longhead. Can I tell you my favorite Justin Long performance to Absolutely. go on a real Justin Long tangent? I'd love it. Um, Justin Long reads a Stephen King short story in the book on tape version. Uh, and it's one of my favorite stories by Stephen King. And he actually kills it. So that's my favorite Justin Long performance. What oh. story? Um, uh, everything's eventual. If you can, if you can find it on YouTube for free to listen to, give it a listen. It's a great story, and he does a pretty good job with it. Hmm. Okay. Justin. Attaboy. Justin. He's got some he's versatility. All, he's all over the place. So, uh, Zach Kreger was inspired by a book called "The Gift of Fear," uh, particularly a part of that book that encouraged women to trust their intuition and not ignore red flags with men. Yes. Yeah. Now. Now. Yeah. This so, film <laughs> is essentially a, a an invading army swelling the ocean with their red flags. That they're yeah. Wasting. Yes. Of men. 
So <laughs> you'll see. So, so Zach Kreger wrote, uh, when he started writing this, he wrote up to the end of the first act of the movie. And we'll, it'll be very clear when that first act is over. Um, and he didn't know where to go from there, but his aim was to have as many of these red flags in the scenes he was writing as possible. And boy, are there. And boy, are there. So as we go through the opening, especially the opening, like 40 minutes of this movie, Casey, we're, you're, there's going to be a lot of red flags popping up. And Please. feel free to, to yell out anything you want in response to that. You can yell out red flag. If you have a bell, you can ding it. Whatever your heart <laughs> you have a gong. Have <laughs> you have a gong. You wheel in a gong. I'll find something. If you if you have a a Himalayan throat tube throating singing stick, you could use that. (laughs) I just have the salt lamp. It doesn't make any noise. While you look for a noisemaker, I'm just going to rattle through the rest of the development stuff. So there's there isn't much to it. So this was produced by Roy Lee and Bill Skarsgård. Roy Lee is um, he produced it, which Bill Skarsgård is famous for starring in as Pennywise the Clown. That is also kind of important going into this movie. Um, 20th Century Studios distributed. So technically, this is a Disney movie in part, yes. which is very funny. Um, so <laughs> I can't had, wait for the Kingdom Hearts level. It had very, yeah, it had very positive test screenings, which had motivated Disney to seek theatrical release, and it did very well in theaters. Uh, it made over 43 million dollars. Uh, the budget was only 4.5 million. This is a pretty low budget horror movie, and there are a couple instances where I think they. I actually wish the budget maybe might have been higher, so we got to see a little bit more, but. That's very nitpicky. But either way, this movie was very highly praised, uh, particularly um, with praise uh, directed towards how unpredictable it was. And and also speaking of praise and Stephen King, Stephen King very much liked this movie a lot. I could see that. Yeah. Should we get into it? Are you ready for this Casey story time hour, Casey? I am very excited. One of my favorite things is to insert my opinion about feminist issues when men are talking. So this is right the fuck up. (laughs) This is all we wanted. But it's exactly what we wanted. Please uh, feel free to ask any questions along the way. If I if we are aware of the details to elaborate, we'll let you know if we if the, the details are not in the movie, then we'll let you know as well. I think I think I know I've seen this movie recently enough and I know it well enough now to to be fluent in it. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. And so here's some things to, to know going in. If you didn't know Justin Long was in the movie, you probably knew Bill Skarsgård was in the movie. Cause I think he was, he, he's like top build along with the lead actress, Georgina Campbell. And, well, and, you can't, you can't throw a stone sideways in Hollywood without hitting one of those scars guard. That's true. Just everywhere. And as I mentioned, I was Bill- going to say that too. They are. They're, they're they all are. There's the a bunch of them. Um, so Bill Skarsgård, as I mentioned, was Pennywise the Clown in It. He is kind of like that automatically has given him a reputation of a horror movie guy. And I, I think I immediately assumed because of his reputation that he's in like so many different horror movies. I'm not actually sure. I've not, I haven't actually checked. But when I saw Bill Skarsgård, and I think what the intent is, is you see Bill Skarsgård and you're like, uh oh. Or if you see any Skarsgård, sometimes you're like, that guy's going to be trouble. Um, yeah, and I think that, that was the, that was one of the intents here, but just something to keep in mind moving forward. So we will we'll set the stage. Um, this is really the what I'm going to kind of lead the discussion on is the first act of the movie. And this movie is very distinct acts. And I would say that most of the the red flags we were talking about is it, it's in the this first 40 minutes. 
So most of them, but there's definitely a lot of other red flags. I would say not directly related to men, but just red flags in life that just go blatantly ignored. (laughs) Yes. Yes. I'm here for that too. Yeah. Oh yes. All right. So we have a rainy night, literally dark and stormy, dark and stormy night. We have our lead character, Tess played by Georgina Campbell. She is driving up to her Airbnb on Barbary street. Uh, that is actually Zach Cracker said it was not intentional that he named the street Bar- Barbary street and the movie's name is Barbarian. I mean, come on. How right. did that make it past the second draft? Yeah. Also, it's, uh, as unintentional as um, unobtainium. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> right. <That's true. laughs> um, you should also describe the neighborhood a little bit that she's driving through. I'm actually not going to because oh, you don't okay. quite you don't quite get the best feel for the neighborhood yet, and that's intentional. True. So you're not the camera is specifically not showing you a ton of her surroundings. It is very dark. But this is the only house that has a light on in the area. There's a light in the front porch. And she walks up to the front door and is hitting the code to get the key that she was given for Airbnb. And she can't get in. It's not the code isn't working or maybe the code does work and the key's not there. Yeah, she gets the wrong code at first, gets the right code, but the key is gone. Yes. So she's like, what the fuck? And. She heads back into her car and then sees a light come on in the house. Nope. <laughs> yeah, first red flag. Im- immediately, listen, there are two kinds of Airbnbs. One of them, you are aware that someone lives in the house and you are going to be their roommate for however long you are there. And the other flavor is, you know, rich people who buy cheap land and then pimp it out to poor people and ruin the housing market. So if she signed up for the second one, and the light goes on in the fucking house, and she couldn't find the key. Already, she should. I mean, yeah. Red flag number one. Whoa! Oh. Do we have a red flag noisemaker? Yes. That thing's gonna be on nonstop, but we'll, yeah, we'll, really we'll make do. So she goes back up to the house, rings the doorbell, and a man named Keith comes to the door and opens it. This man is, yeah. Keith. This is Keith. the name. Keith. The name Keith Bad is pretty. Yeah. yeah. Yes. This this is Keith. This is this is Bill Skarsgård, and he is very confused because he is under the assumption that he is renting this place. She is she asserts that it is her that should be should be renting it, and they both realize, and this is while well, they're still at the door, that they have both rented it. It has been double booked. And so he invites her in. No, uh, no, 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 no. He invites just, her. He invites her in so they can call the the people, the Airbnb people, to f- try to figure this out. She hesitates for a moment and then she walks in. And then you got your title card right there, barbarian. And and again, I think one of the intents here is that you're like Bill Skarsgård is in this movie, and. This is not. This is not good. She is. What is what's yeah. with the Skarsgård family, and why do their faces look like period? Well, they do. Also, not his face necessarily, James. No offense, but we were watching this, and Edgar goes, "Oh my God, that guy looks like Jimmy." I I think Bill Skarsgård <laughs> is handsome, so I'll take that as a comment. Okay, he does have a look about him though that he would eat children. 
Yeah, you can say that about a lot of normal-looking people. You can be both handsome and menacing. Yes. Not mutually exclusive. And and the Skarsgars are very good at those things. I agree with you entirely. Yeah. So, again, she walks in. And let me me try to set the stage for you a little bit more. So the house is, and Aaron, correct me if I'm I'm wrong about this, but the the house thing is is a very modest one-bedroom house. There's like vinyl siding, the interior. I think it's a very welcoming looking house. Granted, it is in the middle of the night and it's rainy and the, you know, there's, it's lit, but not like extremely well lit, but it seems it's the kind of place that would look nice during the day in isolation. Yeah. It's like you get the impression because of later in the film that it was built probably in like the fifties or sixties, like post-World War II. Um, and the inside, you get the feeling that because we've I'm probably most of us have stayed there at an Airbnb where the house was maybe a little bit older, but it was done up to be like slightly yeah. modernish for Airbnb. Yeah, it's kind of like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All the all the appliances are stainless steel and yeah. there's like a new tile somewhere. But yeah, you really have to hold the flush down for the toilet. to That's the exact vibe that this house yeah. has. OK, yes. So what is about to happen is what follows in this very short conversation or one of the conversations that follows very awkward for obvious reasons. So she asks him to confirm the reservation. Um, It's like, you know, if if you don't mind, I'm I'm sorry, no offense, but you need to confirm this for me. And he makes a joke like sounds very defensive, but it also kind of sounds innocent. It's like he's like, well, so am I supposed to be some sort of creep? And he's like, no, fine. All right, here it is. I'll show it to you. And she she looks at it. Okay. Um, <laughs> anytime a man, when a woman is like, hey, this is what I'd like. And they're like, what do you think? I'm a creep. So the answer is, yes, I don't know you. Yeah. I'm concerned that you're a creep. And I would mm-hmm. love for you to inform me that you are not. And yes. you getting defensive um, gives me a lot of information. Well, me. Sounds like maybe not her. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, also too, um, you don't. If you have to pry something out of a person, you have no guarantee that they're being honest. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So she concludes like, All right, well, you you clearly did book it, and I did too. But you've already you're already here. So she's like, I'm gonna go somewhere else. Um, I'll find somewhere else to stay. And he tries to talk her out of it. He says. The neighborhood is not great. You should not be outside and driving around on your own right now. And he's like, all right, well, let's just just sit here you know, at least, you know, while you can uh, you can figure out where you're going to stay. And um, I'm sorry. Why does he know if the neighborhood is good or not? If he's also an Airbnb and he is a guest and he doesn't know that space. Well, we'll, we'll get to we'll, that. We'll, we'll explain. There, it's okay. Yeah. We'll, we'll yeah. explain. Yeah. I also love how you called him an Airbnb, which um, I think is great. <laughs> he's an Airbnb. I, I don't know anything else thing. about him. Yeah. Except that he's a scars guard, which so, is almost never a good sign. So, <laughs> so he he's very clearly, and I want to I want to spend a little bit of time on him, kind of throughout this conversation, because he is. Again, the, the defensive thing, I'm totally with you on that. But the the movie is is going to be working very hard to make him seem as nice as possible while also being very nervous. You're supposed to be very nervous about him for very obvious reasons. So you're not supposed to feel safe, but they're no. signaling kindness all the time. Yes. Yeah. And, and it's in very uncomfortable ways. It's in very, like, very human reactions whether those reactions are appropriate or not. 
um, whether the things he says and does are like actually appropriate. He's, it seems like his intentions are good. He's just kind of, yeah, I don't know. He's going about it the wrong way. Yeah. So after he introduces himself, for example, he, she says, oh, my name is Tess. And he says, oh, Tess, that's a pretty name. He doesn't Which, say it the way Aaron just said it. He's he's, no. he's like, oh, Tess, no, that's Aaron a pretty name. Say it terrifying. <laughs> but, but the idea that he's being nice, but it's also like, dude, I don't want you saying my name's pretty right now. Like, yeah, not the time. Yeah, Aaron, Aaron said it in the way that it was received. Right. It's like, yeah. it's not the time to be saying shit like that guy. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> get that thing ready. So he offers her wine and tea. Not together. Not together. He he reveals that there was a bottle left with like a bow on it. And he's like, I, there's this wine that they left for the Airbnb. Like, I was going to open it. Do you want any? And she's like, no. And he's like, do you want me to make you some tea? Uh, and she says, no. She turns down both. But uh, he, he says, I'm going to make you the tea anyway. He, he makes it for her anyway. Notably, <laughs> with, notably without her looking. Yeah. Yep. So she is looking for hotels. They all seem to be booked. He comes over. He's like, oh, that's right. There's a big conference in town. It's going to be really hard for you to find a place to stay. Why? Excuse me. Is he a part of this conference? Why does he know that it's there? I think you're just supposed to. I mean, right. But again, it's very intentional that he says this and she does not find it out for herself. And he just says vaguely conference. He doesn't yeah. say what kind of conference. He just tells what a conference. Or why right. he's aware or any of this information. Right, right. No. And the reason I keep like belaboring all of this is that I think all this is all so very meticulous and intentional on the part of the writing. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously we'll, we'll get into why. So he proposes that she stays the night and he will sleep on the couch. Absolutely not. 800 million times. (laughs) Okay. Like, so what would you do in this scenario if this man is inviting you to stay the night anyway? And he's very insistent. To a hotel. But you can't. There's no, according to him, there's no. Just drive around all night. Exactly. According to him, did she look anything up? She did call one hotel and they did say they were full. One? (laughs) <laughs> yeah. one that well, the, they, they the cut options to later. are I stay in this place with this man I don't know who I've already told I don't want tea but made me something anyway mm-hmm. like I don't want to ingest anything made by you sir and he's like but let me I'm still gonna do it um, and don't worry I check to make sure that there's nowhere else for you to go no yeah. I'm doing my research to add to this. Uh, he insists that she sleep in the bed because he says he's a gentleman and he yeah. couldn't let a lady he, sleep the, on the couch. The exact line. <laughs> yeah. The exact Every line is single time. A man <laughs> says they're a gentleman. That is a sign well, that they are not, you know, it's like if you went to a restaurant and there was a giant sign from it and it said, <clears throat> we don't give you food poisoning. <laughs> what? Would you walk into right. that restaurant? I don't think but I would. Aaron, the 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 dialogue choice is very specific, and notably, he does not say that. He says the exact line. I wrote it down exactly for this reason. He said, "There's no way I'm sleeping on a bed while a young lady is on the couch. Blame it on my upbringing, but it's not up for discussion." It is effectively him saying, "I'm a gentleman," but he doesn't say, "I'm a gentleman." That's true. That's true. But it, at no point is he like 
actually having a conversation with her like a person, which is how men would have conversations with each other. Like, hey, dude, how do you feel about sleeping on the couch or in the bed? Oh, I have this yeah. back thing. Or, oh, I, you know, when I sleep on the couch, like this happens, which is like an actual conversation about what affects people. Mm-hmm. Once it's women, it's like, what is the courteous thing to do? And what is chivalrous? And it's like, <clears throat> well, you know, we could call them people and interact with them like that. Yeah. He does not go down that path. He doesn't. Um, But I really do think that for all the wrong things he's saying, the way he is delivering it is it sounds worse than it is while it's also not good. Like I, I would want, you know, what we should do is I would love for you to watch the first, like just 10 minutes of this movie. There's nothing scary that happens in it. It's just tense. And and then after this, we just have a text conversation about what you think. If, if anything oh. you've thought about it has changed. I his, definitely I, do that. That'd I think awesome. what you're getting at, James, is his delivery is very benign and even nice. It's yes. just, it's not even in the direct text. It's all kind of in subtext yes. that it's, it's off-putting. But that's why Are I'm, you talking about nonverbal <clears throat> cues? You know what? I am, actually. Li- yes. Like, so he's giving, he might be saying something in a certain way, but- there are nonverbal cues that are happening while he's saying it that say the message that I'm saying with my mouth is not the message that I'm giving you. Or yeah. Damn. Or like, this is a person that has no idea how to talk. Cause yes, he's, 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 he's nervous. He's like, what? I have no idea oh, what's going on. So they try and they paint him as I'm an awkward weirdo. And yes. Lady, yes. And every, and it's a huge movie there where they're like, well, men are just nervous around women. So like they're allowed to be like this. Mm-hmm. Um, the, what historical context should a man ever be nervous around a woman? Mm-hmm. And we Ch- should have Ch- been Ch- like- Albert? Well, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Again, I, not nice. I think this is just all, it's so intentional. And that's why I wanted to correct Aaron when he said yeah. the, the, the gentleman thing. It's, I, it, the the words are very though. important. Cause he, yeah, okay. I, I agree with you. And it's funny. It, it, and that's what I think is such a testament to the writing that the line again is there's no way I'm sleeping on a bed while young ladies on the couch blame it on my upbringing, but it's not for discussion that has its own problems. But if you were to actually say, but I'm, I'm a gentleman that is automatically worse. And it's such a small change, but that's so much worse. No, I agree with you. Someone is being, and like this, there are plenty of men who talk to women like this too, but yet again, it's this, it's my upbringing. This is how it is seeing her as an idea of what a woman is mm-hmm. and interacting with her in that way, as opposed to interacting with her as a human being who's in the same space. As yeah. Yeah. I would say that's fair. Yes. He, yeah, he's, sexism feels like he is. He's trying very hard to be chivalrous, but it just is kind of being a doofus at the same time. Um, okay. And just saying a lot of the wrong things. So anyway, she goes into the bedroom. So she agrees uh, to, nope. to do this. Yeah. Nope. Yep. <laughs> Um, she finds his wallet in the bedroom while she's moving her stuff in and grabs his ID and takes a picture of it. Uh, the ID, the name on the ID is Keith. So it is Keith, confirmed. He's, he is at least telling the truth about his first name or it's at least a fake with his first name. Yeah. Okay. So she goes to wash up, locks the bathroom door, um, you know, washes her face, brushes her teeth comes back to see him awkwardly sitting at like the one table in there with the bottle of wine and two glasses. What happened to the tea? Okay, so so we'll he, get to the tea. he 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 mentions this uh, 
he addresses this right now. So he let the tea out, um, but he says he re- reiterates. That he's like, well, they, you know, they left the bottle. I'm going to have some. I'm aware this is a very weird situation. And I but I, I did not want to open this bottle of wine, whether you're having any or not, without you seeing that I opened it. He like he, it's like so he realizes what but, he's but, done, <laughs> but he but he didn't open it in front of her. The two glasses are there. Well, uh, they're, they're not full. Like he has not opened the yeah. bottle yet. He okay. he's he's sitting there. He's hoping she'll join him, but he's just he's like, like oh. look at me. Look how I didn't drug this. Right. He's yeah. he's he's it's almost okay. as if they're trying to make you think like he realized the tea thing while she was in the bathroom. He's like, oh shit, of course she's gonna be nervous about this. So I'm want to wait till she comes out so you can see me open this bottle. So. He's just he starts like rambling. He's very he's actually he's very shy when he's doing this. He and he even says, like, I'm just I'm rambling. I'm sorry. But again, this movie is really trying to, like, make you comfortable with this guy. So she sits at the table and joins him. And this is one of the most interesting parts about this whole scene, I think. So she talks about how she's in town for an interview uh, to work for a documentary filmmaker. And she he, he's like who is it and she's like oh you wouldn't have heard of him uh or heard of her i'm sorry and it's uh she, like she made this like jazz documentary and he's like oh i i saw that and she's like no you didn't and he like talks about a scene very convincingly he's like and she's like holy shit she he might have actually seen it and, it, and so these people are young people Yes, uh, I should. We should imagine like, jazz documentaries. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that'll that'll make a little bit more sense in a second. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they're uh, like thirty year olds, thirty somethings. Yeah, like that's yeah, way like, too young to be that enthusiastic about jazz. Well, some people are. <laughs> some people are. She had every she had every right to be like, I don't think that you have seen this, Ken yeah. Burns. Exactly, and, um, and, but and, it, and it's very convincing that he has. And so she says. So it turns out this filmmaker is making a new documentary. She mentions that they're making a new documentary about Detroit artist collectives. And they're interviewing various uh, artists and stuff in the area. And he says, well, they should interview me. And she's like, why? And he said, because I'm one of those artists. And he reveals that he is an artist in a particular collective. He names the collective that she she's aware of them. And he's like, yeah, I'm in, I'm staying in this Airbnb. I'm in for, for the weekend or for the week. Like I'm scouting out locations and they're just like, suddenly this has turned, it's got meat cute energy. And you're just like, what the fuck is happening right now? Mm-hmm. It's like very, very big meat cute energy without being too overtly like rom-com. Like, so, so. But there's a scars garden involved, so you know it can't there, be me here. There's a scars garden involved. It cannot be overstated. Um, cut to, they are on the couch making what seems to be very good conversation, and she is now drinking wine. They're both drinking wine, and the, the kind of you, it drops you in the middle of a conversation. She's talking about how men have it easy, and how if their roles are reversed, and she was already in the Airbnb, and he showed up late. There's no way she would have let him in. And she's explaining why. And he says, or she's like that you're, you probably would have being a man. You would have probably tried to just barge right in anyways, as if you had the right to be there. Yeah. And I would say that while he's like, you know, I, I resent that he's being, I would say his response is not poor, but I can't remember exactly the way he says it, but he He basically says that you'd kind of did the same thing. (laughs) 
that she sort of barged in, uh, which is not the case. It's, not, was, no, it's not the case. Not at all. He, she was like, I will leave immediately. And he mm-hmm. was like, come inside. And also I've called everyone and you have nowhere to go. Yeah. <laughs> so it kind of cuts to... And we're talking about for the difference between it's maybe an hour from the time that happened to the time he's trying to gaslight her into saying that didn't happen. Mm-hmm. There's well, shots it, this is time passing. Aaron, Aaron's doing, I don't quite know if what Aaron is saying is exactly what happened again. Like, I don't, I don't know if he exactly, again, it's, it, I don't want to, I'm not saying, I don't remember the exact line. I wish I would have written it down because there's some, it's one of those situations where I think what Aaron is conveying, like the whole, you still kind of barge in. He does convey that, but he doesn't say it like that. Yeah. Yeah. He says it in a much more tactful way. Yeah. And so now we cut to a moment where they're, they're just like kind of laughing. He is, he is showing her how he puts on a duvet cover. And so he is, he puts the, what does he do? He puts like the duvet cover over himself, like a ghost. Yes. And he she he's like, all right, now hand me the two uh, ends of the the comforter or whatever. And then he just like she she, so he he takes the corners and then he just like flips himself inside out. And suddenly it's like perfectly on. And she's like super charmed by this for some reason. I don't know. For some reason. I don't know. I mean, I think it's brilliant. The reason is because literally men do not do things around like women are so used to men not doing anything in their home mm-hmm. they're like, oh my god you're willing to do something even though it's like before you had a woman here didn't you have to take care of yourself <clears throat> didn't you have to like mm-hmm. clean your own house make your own meals do your own duvet covers etc and then still we're always shocked like oh my god look at you you did adult things today Mm-hmm. That's so sexy. Well, Edgar and I have already changed our duvet cover game based on this. Nice. So, oh, I forgot to mention. So, like one of the reasons that she did join him at the table is because she she mentions before she's like, I have a thing about clean sheets. I don't, I do not want to sleep in a bed that you're already just in. And so she washes the sheets, and it's going to take like an hour or so to do it. And that's why she's hanging out with him because she's waiting for the sheets to be clean. Um. So that so the duvet thing ends and they kind of like they just say, say good night. Um, she says she had a great time. He says this was great. Um, good night. And she did closes. she check to see if there was a lock in the bath in the bedroom. Um, but she uh, she does lock the bedroom door earlier when she when she so, finds his ID. So yeah. there is a bedroom lock. Okay, there yes. is, and that's important. Um, she closes the door again. She locks it. Obviously. And it cuts to she she's waking up in the middle of the night and all of a sudden her door is open and we nope. clear we clearly saw her close it. So what are you what are you thinking at this point right now? Um, Casey, where, where do you think this is going? That man obviously is nefarious. He's mm-hmm. nefarious um, interests. What about okay. you, Aaron? So here I was, I definitely sensed because the act structure is kind of based on days. So since this was kind of the end of the first night, I definitely was suspicious of Keith. Um, and I, but yeah, you didn't I know thought, that the, the act structure was days. I didn't know the act you structure. You had no idea at, the, at this point what was going on. 
At this point, no. I guess I'm thinking of the next when the scene with the next day begins. Yes. Um, well, spoil, like, spoiler alert. <laughs> there's another day. Yes. Yeah. Well, so maybe I get. I just say spoiler alert because I mean, in an other movie, this could the scene could have the night could have continued. The whole movie could have been at this one night. Um, True. But and it's important because so she hears him in the living room talking to himself in his sleep. Uh, one of a couple of things he's saying is like, "Help me." In his sleep. In in his sleep. She approaches him. No, no. Yeah. What? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Why, why would you, why would you not approach a sleeping okay. person yelling, help me? <laughs> First of all, she literally woke up and she had closed the door and locked it. And now it's open and unlocked. She yeah. needs to be assessing her safety, not be concerned about what anyone else is doing at <clears throat> any point at all, unless yeah. it's they're in, they're in between her and her safety. Mm-hmm. You're going to you're going to be the ringing fuck? the gong a lot, I think. You are. Um and here's uh, let me just say this. There is and it's already happened a bit and it's so it's pretty obvious by now. This movie both has character well her mainly handle red flags well one second and completely disregard them the next. And, and a man or a woman wrote this. A man wrote this. Okay. And directed. That's on brand. So, and it's, and I guess one of the reasons it's important is that I guess a lot of, a lot of movies, a lot of like horror movies and a lot, a lot of reasons people don't like horror movies and it's a fair criticism. I don't agree with it, but it's a fair criticism is that the writing is always very poor and people are making very stupid decisions. And the, 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 the plot is carried purely based on dumb decisions people are making. That is true. And that's one of my least favorite things about a lot of plot devices. I can't stand mishaps. Mm-hmm. Ah, I hate yes, a mishap. Classic mishap. There. I put uh, my uh, briefcase down and it looks just like your briefcase and you picked up the wrong briefcase. I don't care. Also, too, yeah. so many of those situations in the modern day with cell phones could be resolved so easily. Yeah. Also, just any direct communication. Italian people would never do any of that. They'd be like, <laughs> why the fuck did you just do this? They're not going to be like, um, maybe so. Yeah. Uh, okay, so, she, so I bring that up so just because she walks in, she's hearing him. Yes, scream so, in his sleep. Yes, and she wants to aid him. Yeah, she she wakes him up, and he is totally freaked out. He's like, you know, when you wake up, someone who's sleepwalking, right? They like they can freak out, and he's like, "What the hell is going on?" She's like, "I'm sorry, but my door's open, and I heard you screaming. Like, did you open my door?" And he's like, "No, I didn't open your door." Again, in a very forceful, slightly defensive way, he says that. But quiet, forceful, not yelling at yes. her. Yeah. Insisting. I, I just find it wild, though, because if I wake up in that situation, mm-hmm. why am I asking this stranger to tell me the truth right. and hope that they're giving me real information? I don't know this person at all, and mm-hmm. already a bunch of shit has gone awry. Yeah, it's, <laughs> really? yeah. I mean, th- so th- what was that, to continue what I was mentioning before is like this movie is much more aware of that fact about horror movies than most horror movies are. And it purposefully, purposefully play. It's almost like a meta send up of that trope. It of kind like, of yeah. in many yeah. ways it is. Yeah. So um, she goes back to bed, locks the door again, cut to the next morning. Um, do you want me to take the next day? Sure. Yeah. So she wakes up and she is, of course, late because it's a movie. And apparently she didn't set alarms for her, her very important job interview. 
Um, Keith is gone, but he leaves her a note saying good luck on her interview and reiterating that he had a lot of fun last night. And it's actually written in kind of a cutesy style. So we have that from Keith. Also, Keith leaves her the keys and promises her or makes her um, promise to leave the key in the box um, so that he can access it when he gets home. Yeah. But she takes it with her. Yeah. She walks outside and she's shocked. Good for her. Yeah. Yeah, Yes. Good for her. She walks outside and she's shocked because now in the daylight, you can see exactly how derelict the surrounding houses are. Um, Basically, every house in this entire neighborhood is abandoned. Except this one. (laughs) has trees growing in them yes except for this one yeah and it's yeah it's super important that she is not she's not aware of this or doesn't really appreciate this or see this until now and same with the audience in broad daylight it's pretty pretty terrifying looking this is a neighborhood you would never in a million years want to drive through let alone at night and that's kind of exactly what she's done yeah um small aside my sister once was renting an airbnb for her family in seattle for a wedding and unbeknownst to her, rented an Airbnb in a horrific neighborhood um, and had people literally on the street asking her, why are you here? Um, because she did not fit in there. Yeah. Um, so that's a fun Airbnb tangent. But at her interview. Did your sister uh, leave or did she share the Airbnb with the weirdo who was already there? She stayed there and also got my nephew a haircut in the same neighborhood. Uh, it doesn't sound anything like dope, this movie. Though. No. So it was actually a kind of adorable ending. Um, So uh, she has her interview, uh, but the moment before the interview, she zooms in on Keith's face on the, on her camera because she had taken a picture of his ID and she smiles. Um, So she's seemingly smitten with Keith. She's smitten with Keith. Keith of all people. The Keith. Keith's Gar's card. The interview. Keith. His name is Keith. Yes. Keith. Keith Skarsgård, let's say. She's very smitten. Um, yes. So she has a really great interview. Um, at the end, the woman she's interviewing with finds out where she's staying. And because she's a Detroit native, she knows that it's a really bad neighborhood. Um, Tess insists that she's fine. Tess also tells her, don't worry about it. I have a roommate. No, <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. No, no. Um, um. <laughs> tell, us, tell us why that's a strange this- thing for her. Why is this woman calling someone she met 12 hours ago her roommate? Why is she not listening to natives and saying, I'm safe, even though just moments ago we saw that she was also like, oh, shit, this is scary. What the fuck is going on with her? (laughs) That she's seeing these things and knows they're scary and gets that information from her body. And then she's like, let me just tell everybody um, I'm fine. Well, she does say that it's a complicated situation. So yeah. It's not that. complicated in any way, shape, or form. <laughs> it, really not. It, happened, it happened 24 hours ago, and she doesn't know this person, so there's no complications. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's very true. That's very true. Um, but Tess insists that she's fine, that she, she can stay in this neighborhood, that she has Keith there to protect her. So uh, Tess goes home, or rather her Airbnb. And again, this is a very derelict area. It's to very down. To her roommate, Keith. Yeah. Um, and an unhoused person, a homeless man, um, runs at her, uh, screaming at her and telling her to get out of the house. So Tess runs inside, locks the door, and calls the police. Uh, however, the police say they don't have units in the area and that they can't come help her at that time. And I believe that 100%. That the police would not I come too, to help. Yeah, I have... To not been helped by police. A man came into my home once 
like literally opened my bedroom door and was in my house while I was naked and asleep and he woke me up and he ran out because luckily he wasn't there to murder anyone. He was trying to steal things. Jesus. When I called the police, they were like, well, you know, he didn't take anything. So oh, my God. You can't <laughs> even file a police report. Before that, even when I called 911, they said, well, is he there anymore? And I was like, no. And they were like, well, then you need to call 311. And I called 311 and they were like, uh, what? Call 911 <laughs> back and tell them somebody needs to come to your house. Oh, That's how fucking useless the fucking police are. Yeah. So I believe that the police were like, listen, here's the thing. We don't want to help you in any way, shape, or form. Yeah. In a very confusing move, is does this happen in the t- same time frame, James, or does this happen later where she uses the bathroom? Yeah. No. So she just, I mean, the police leave and then she goes to the bathroom. That's well, the police don't even arrive. She kind of messes. Oh, sorry. Yeah. They, 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 they don't show up. And then she's like, well, I, I don't know what to do with the man's gone. And so she just, she goes to the bathroom. She goes to the bathroom. There's no toilet paper. Um, so she has to search around the house to find it. There's none anywhere that she can find. Um, she, wait, here's a pause for a woman. Did she, was there enough toilet paper the night before? I that I don't know. Notice. We don't see her use the bathroom the night before. Because as a woman, I would immediately assess the toilet paper situation because every single time I sit down to pee, I have to use toilet paper. So I would be aware if it was running out. Well, so she decides to use the bathroom as this man is screaming uh, through the door um, and decides this is the perfect He's gone at this point. He's gone. Well, for for all we know, right? Well, for all we know, yeah. Um, She looks into the basement and she sees uh, some toilet paper on top of the washing machine or on a table or something. Yeah. So she goes down there to grab it. And guess what? The door locks behind her. Just automatically closes. Automatically closes. That's the scariest... um... That's terrifying. Buckle up. For real. Buckle up now. Um, She realizes that her phone is upstairs uh, and that she did not put the key back in the front door locks for Keith. Door box for Keith, rather. Yeah. So she is stuck in the basement. She has the key to the front house, not the key to the basement door, and essentially no way out. It's like the middle of the day. It's light in there. She she just... And the basement looks... Like a basement. Undone. It's like it's an unfinished basement. Yeah, but if there's yeah. light, that means there's windows. The out, like it's right. Yes, and that is there. important. Yes. Yeah. So she explores it. It's like we said, normal looking, except for the fact that there is a rope coming out of a hole in the wall. No. So cur- curious, she pulls it and it opens a door that was previously flush with the wall. This is a secret. What? Thing. Yeah. What? <laughs> Stop immediately. She sees a rope coming out of the wall mm-hmm. and she decides goes, to pull it. I yeah. should pull that absolutely yes (laughs) after she's been trapped in a basement her immediate response isn't to get out of the basement it's to pull a rope like a glory hole rope uh yeah in a way i think she does try to open the the window uh out to the the front lawn but it's won't budge yeah yeah so she break it okay anywho yeah and so it's completely dark in that opening that that she's opened she yeah. looks into it and she says nope uh so she goes to sit back on the stairs and wait smart wait, right? wait a minute is it still open now yeah it's it's wide open it's wide open so yeah. she doesn't want to go in it but she's leaving this massive oh okay 
Okay. Yeah. She's yep. she, like, she yep. looks into like this dark hallway. She can't even see the end of, of the hall. And she's just like this secret path. She's like, no, not, not, not. And she doesn't try that. to find a way to close the fucking door. She does not. No, she no. does not. No. Okay. So uh, we cut to as some time has passed and she gets curious. So she uses a tall mirror to lean on a chair and she kind of shines the ceiling light from the basement off the mirror into the darkened hallway. Um, she goes down the darkened hallway. What are we thinking about that? No, 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 <laughs> she no. Decides to you do have that. been trapped. I'm sorry. You have been trapped in a basement. You are trapped in a basement. You do not know where you are. Several people who live here have already told you you should not be in this home. Your instinct is to go further down into a dark recess that yes. the house has to offer you instead of while there's still daylight using everything hard in the basement you can to break the fucking windows and get out of the base yeah she does not much like the goosebumps uh classic stay out of the basement she does <laughs> not follow the advice to stay no, out. she does not um, so she finds a small room at the end of the hallway. Um, and what do you think she finds inside the room, Casey? Oh, um, I don't even have a thought. I mean, my very first thought is remnants of the bodies that have been murdered there previously. Okay, so not a hundred haunted dolls. Oh! <laughs> <gasps> It's it's not. It's not. It's, it's not. not a hundred haunted oh. doll. It's not. Um, it is, however, a uh, camcorder, a bloodstained bed, a bucket, and there is a bloody handprint on the wall. Oh, it's a it's a rape murder dungeon. Yes. So, what if, well, Aaron, what if it was a cardboard cutout of Jim Carrey in Grinch outfit for a promotional advertisement for How the Grinch Stole Christmas, the Ron Howard classic? You know, it's funny you say that. Would you be more uh, terrified or less I would terrified? Be more, I would be more terrified. But uh, my brother in college had a Doseki Sky, the most interesting man in the world, uh, <laughs> cardboard cutout, and they would leave him in different windows in their house. And it That's was always funny. very frightening. Um, but yes, I would be terrified mm. of the Grinch. Yeah. So uh, Tess is scared. She runs out. She's terrified. Um, Keith arrives, but he's, of course, outside and helps her get through the basement window. Um, they finally, is this when they break the window so the, or when wait they a minute. open it? The, no, no. The I basement think, window opens? No. With some help. She hasn't broken it yet. They, he, he, he's able to pull it and they open it yes. without breaking it. He can pull it from the outside. Well, it's, it's kind of a he's helping her push and she's pulling and then yeah. they kind of pop it open. <clears throat> Um, so she tells him they need to leave as soon as possible. He tells her to just relax and that she's safe. No, 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 <laughs> man. Yep. Where is it? Yeah. Right. Um, what, what do you, what are you thinking? What would you say if you were in this scenario and this Keith character tells her, just relax, you're safe, you're fine. If I, if a man said that to me after I said, I have just been locked in a basement where I found a camcorder, bloody handprints, a mattress and I was locked into a basement for some reason and he looked at me and said relax you're fine I probably immediately realized that he <clears throat> is a murderer mm -hmm. and so then I would shift my reaction I'd be like yeah you know what you're right I have 
some medication in my car that I take when I get that. <laughs> yeah. And I would walk to the car and yeah. I would get in it and drive the fuck away. So the order the order of things is important though. She she has not told him at that point what she saw. She's just in a complete panic. She's like, we need to get the fuck out of here now. And he's like, it's okay. It's okay. You're safe now. Like I'm here. Like what's going on? And she explains what then she explains what happened. Now his response to that, also not good. But also not good. Yeah. Um, he tells her, uh, which happens first. He tells her to calm down or uh, it's, same, it's like the same sentence. He's like, calm down. Like you're, you're talking crazy, like a, a room in the, the end of a hallway. Like, what are you talking so about? He fully gaslights her. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So he also says, well, like it's a room with a bed and a camera and a bucket. He's like, that could be in anyone's basement. What? what? Does he, does he say that? He, he says it's a basement. So there's weird things down there. <laughs> It's all very panicked, and and I, I have to there go back and rewatch no that. There is no basement that allows a bucket and a mattress in the same place. Like I don't care what's going on there. Yeah, I need to see a mop in that bucket, and I need to see a Christmas tree and a pumpkin on top of that <laughs> mattress in order to believe that's an acceptable basement storage situation. I need to see other things because if it's just a mattress on the floor and was, a bucket. Yes. And a camcorder set up with a bloody handprint on the wall. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so she decides that she is sick of this and she, she insists that she's leaving. Um, however, he stops her. Uh, he does not physically grab her, but he does kind of get in her way. And he says, wait here for me. Um, I need to see for myself. Um, he says it's okay if she leaves, but he wants her to wait upstairs in case he gets locked into the basement, just like she did. Um, she agrees to this. No. So she agrees. So what are you thinking right now? I mean, what's in the basement? What's going stupid? on with her? <laughs> I, I don't, I, she's ridiculous. She's lost her mind. I don't know. I can't imagine listening to a man who just, first of all, when anybody does not respond well to being told to calm down, doesn't matter mm -hmm. what gender you identify as, nobody yeah. feels happy hearing that when you're feeling dysregulated, having somebody go, calm down, relax. That doesn't fucking help. Mm -hmm. So he's just done this. And then he's like, let me see this crazy room for myself. You stay up here. No, sir, you already didn't listen to me. You're not my protector. I have known you for 24 hours. No, yeah. no, yeah. that's when you get in your car. Get the fuck out. And you drive away. Mm -hmm. Yes. Okay. Uh, um, James, when you saw this the first time, what were you thinking? <clears throat> um, well, I don't want to say what I was thinking because that kind of has to do with like what I had spoiled for me. Gotcha. gotcha. Um, so, yeah. So uh, Keith is gone. Or he, he leaves. He goes downstairs for a bit. Yeah, so she goes to the basement door and yells after him, do you see it? Um, he says, yeah. And she says, okay, you can come back up now. And there is nothing but silence. Um, do you want to lead us through the end of this or the rest of Act 1? Sure, sure. And, and so, he, like, she is just, like, trembling. She's in a full panic. Um, she's very scared at him not responding to her, even, and she kind of continues to, to yell after him. She goes downstairs, keeps yelling, no response. Why is she going down? 
Well, she has to find Keith. Of she's course. smitten. She she's got to yeah. see where this relationship is going. <laughs> um, no, she does not. It goes into the basement. Yeah. So she goes down the hallway, the the dark passageway, and into that room again, and cannot find Keith at all. But she comes back out and finds another door that's at the end of the same hallway, and kind of sees that it's ajar a little bit and she pulls it open and what is behind it, but another staircase leading down. And this is like full on dungeon. Now this is like, it's Rocky. Like it looks like it's been like professionally mined out. Yes. Complete darkness ahead. Just a, it's just like a, like a catacombs almost. And she's like trembling. She yells to him. Keith, Keith, and all she she hears faintly, he yells very faintly back at her as if he's very far away. And she, he, she keeps yelling his name and she hears faintly, help me, please. Like him screaming, help me, please. She pulls out her phone. She's got her phone. Um, she she grabs her, I, goes back upstairs and grabs her, her phone. <laughs> I love I love you deeply, Aaron. <laughs> yes. And, and I would run out of that. If I heard you doing, I would be like, I will help you by calling the police. I'm not going into this fucking hole. I would respect that. I would respect that. And I and I love you. I've known you for years. She met this man 24 hours ago, and he's done a bunch of other shady things. And she's putting her life at risk. No. Okay. To be oh. fair, at this point, it's only about like 18 hours, really. Yeah. That's. And- I was giving it extra. And Aaron, sure. I, I mean this very, very sincerely, and I, I hope it is taken as a kindness to you that I, I I also love you. And I, even with all the horror movie knowledge I have, would I'd probably make it to the bottom of the stairs, but then I go back up and I'd leave you. Yeah, I, you know, I love you both dearly. Um, you're very good right. friends. With I, and I, I know would, Aaron would leave yeah. me in that basement. Oh, I would leave him so <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Are you kidding? I know that. We had a long time ago, we sat down and had a lunch once, and he said, If you found out that I had murdered people, what would you do? And I was like, um, I turn would you. tell the police. I'm yeah. turning you in. He goes, That's the correct answer because yeah. that's what I would do to you. So I wanted to hear that because we're even. That's good. Yes, exactly. Unlike my mother, who I asked the same question to, and she said, You'd get to stay here for 24 hours. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I got to give you a head start. Yeah. Yeah. So thanks. Oh, well, that's um, great. So so she goes down those those stairs uh, with her phone flashlight. And it is like it is. I'm full on terrified watching this right now, even though I have like awareness that some of a vagary of something that will happen in this movie at some point. I'm still like I'm, I'm honestly it's like out of my mind, kind of almost I'm. And so like she, she's walking down this extremely dark and then the movie is just it's so dark right now. And she gets to the bottom. She turns a corner and there's this like one of those like janky old like sliding metal gates. And she she opens it, goes past it, goes down this. It's a super long seeming. It's endless seeming dark hallway. And to her right, she sees four empty cages in the hallway. No dog cages, dog cages. She's. Yeah. Still, and she continues to walk. Yeah. Suddenly, Keith comes basically crawling. I think he is crawling at this point. He is crawling. He comes out of the darkness all of a sudden. It's a big, it's like a jump scare. He comes out and he is looking fucking terrified. He's like 
something is down here and something bit him. And she's like, she does say, why did you come down here? A question she did, he does not answer. It's a pretty fair question. I got a laugh from a couple but people in the theater. It, it can't, how can she ask that question when she is currently down there? Maybe they deserve each other. They seem they to. Deserve they both have something. Yeah. So, and perhaps more importantly, he is like in a panic. Like he's just like, he won't go with her. He says, we have to go back to where like he had come from because someone's down there. He wants to go towards the thing that's down there. In the middle of this conversation, all of a sudden, out of like the left side of the frame, out of the darkness, comes like running this large naked woman creature feral woman yes feral woman comes running out of the darkness grabs keith's head and brutally starts bashing against the wall until he's dead and his skull gets crushed crushed then the woman rears up and screams at tess cut to black so what do you think I mean, so far with all the information, he's the monster. That woman finally had a chance to murder him. She did. They're all going to leave together. Not all. Two people. Two women are going to leave together safely. They killed their evil, weird captor. This obviously cannot be true because the movie continues. The movie continues. And not only does it continue, but this is, in my opinion, one of the most like the boldest and out of left field cuts that I can recall in a movie, in a horror movie, especially do you, Um, how do you feel about it? Aaron? Yeah, it has big, big, this whole movie has big psycho energy to Mm -hmm. me Um, just because we get an act one where the protagonist is kind of cut off and then we begin act two and it's almost like its own brand new movie. Right. It's like the, one of the people you thought was going to be in the movie longer is now, fucking dead yeah exactly and who does it who cut was to justin long right yeah we oh well, well we we cut to justin long would you like to hear a story about justin long keith bill skarsgård is dead woman yes. the monstrous woman screams oh, at tess is, oh, yeah. Keith, yeah and then it yeah. cuts to black and it cuts to aaron <laughs> we have uh our friend aj who is played by justin long he is driving uh along the californian coast uh in his convertible he's singing along to a little song he's very chipper ricky ticky tavy he knows all the ricky words ticky tavy and he does know all the words so uh, he gets a call and it's from two people, maybe his agent, maybe his lawyer, you're not sure. But you gather that he is a producer that has produced a pilot. Um, however, his star has accused him of sexual misconduct. I, he um, is, he's an actor in it, I thought. I, oh, I thought they mentioned that he was the director, but maybe he is oh, the actor. I Actually, I don't know. You might be right. I actually, I had a question mark next to that detail in my, it, my notes. It, it doesn't necessarily matter, but he, he yeah. is a person in Hollywood. Um, he has been accused of sexual misconduct. And so they basically tell him he's been fired and he uh, should be thinking about new moves for his career. Um, we see him at his financial advisor's office and basically finds out that this lawsuit that he's going to be involved in, these couple of lawsuits will ruin him financially. Um, so he mentions that he has some properties back in Detroit 
um, and that he can sell them, um, that, but that they make him money. So we find out that he is the owner of this Airbnb, this AJ Gilbride character. Um, so AJ goes to Detroit, um, presumably to liquidate these houses. Um, he gets yelled at on the phone by one of his associates who tells him he can't leave the state, but he says he's not there a party. He's there to, again, to liquidate, to get money for this lawsuit. So AJ goes in the house and he sees that there are already people staying there. He can't find the key. Um, and how does he get in? Do you remember James? Uh, that's a good question. Does does he get, does he go to an office to get the key himself? Oh, you know what? He like, does. So yeah. he goes to the office to get the key. He comes back and he sees that there's suitcases there. He calls and asks, is anyone staying presently? Um, and they're, everyone's kind of confused by what's going on. He doesn't get any straight answers. Uh, importantly, this is probably, I, I think, the second time it was more clear that I think it's about two weeks after what we saw in the first sequence. Yes, and it's it's not 100% clear because I didn't necessarily gather that. I, it, it, isn't, it isn't very clear, but I do. I think they said like the, it was rented like a few weeks ago, but there should be no one there now. But Tess oh, and, and yeah. Keith's stuff are still there. You're right. So AJ decides to explore the basement uh, where all the action went what down. What is with everyone exploring basements? I've been in my parents' basement a million times and I still try my best never to go there. Yeah. Well, his idea is since he's selling the house, he needs to have measurements of all the rooms. Well, so, so before bef with... before that happens, though, he he's like in the, so it's, it's clear. There's a, a story that came out about him in the Hollywood reporter where she's accused him of rape. And he has this conversation in the bathroom while he's talking to his mom and his mom's like, I don't know what to tell people. And he's just like, I tell him that she's lying and stuff like that. Like he, there's the kind of, to set the stage also is like Justin Long, I think typically plays pretty likable characters and this a guy dork and this guy is a dork dork characters, but he's not, he doesn't play someone who like this and it's pretty, it's, I mean, it's, he's being accused of this and your automatic assumption is he absolutely did it. But before he does anything in the basement, he goes out drinking the, yes. his first night where he talks to an old friend of his, who's actually played by the director and through their dialogue, it is pretty damn clear that he did exactly of what he, he's being accused of he even says this he said she took some convincing yes and that she was saying no but that eventually after he was forceful enough she went along with it yeah, yeah, yeah. that's literally what rape is okay yes. cool yep yeah. so it's pretty clear he did that so he decides to explore the basement um he sees that the light is on i believe the door spookily closes on him and he wants to know what's going on so what he's is with all these spooky doors. It, the, the door doesn't close on him. The door's open because Tess propped it open when she yes. went down after Keith. She's and like, he sees that's not that. happening to me again. And he sees that and is like, what the fuck? What's going on? Yeah. Why is the basement door open? Yeah. So he goes in the basement. He finds the rope. He pulls it and finds uh, the secret passageway. His first response is, oh, goody, this will add um, square footage <laughs> when I sell the house. <laughs> There's a really um, great cut of him like going to like it cuts to him. He like sees the passage and he's like, oh my God. And it cuts to him Googling, can you do basement rooms count as <laughs> towards yeah, square, footage. square footage? Um, so he actually uh goes in the room with the bucket in the bed um and kind of just pushes that stuff aside to measure it. He doesn't really <laughs> concern that there's a bloody hand. <laughs> 
or a bed in the secret room or a camcorder. He really does not care. Mm-hmm. I will say here, like, even though they've already set him up as a rapist, the the flavor of rape that he enjoys does not involve those terrifying things. Mm-hmm. So I feel like he still, his character should have been shocked by that. That is, I, I had a note on this later. Let's talk about that now, because that's a really, really good point. I, my explanation for that is just that, the writer didn't care and wanted to carry on with the dark comedy of this sequence and the sharp and keep the sharp contrast to the opening 45 minutes that that was ignored. I think you're absolutely right. Yeah, I, I just like as a as a person who is most at risk for being sexually assaulted by a man, um, even still. And I don't trust most. men. Mm-hmm. I still understand that the kind of coercion that person, the Justin Long characters was involved in has it's not even close to keep you in a basement with a bucket right type of yeah. person he should have still gone oh shit well and that's yeah. part of the comedy of the scene because he does occasionally say oh fuck oh shit yeah but then kind of turns around as like oh awesome more square footage i guess the the other explanation i'm just thinking about this now and maybe maybe this is too far-fetched but you could argue that he is so un bearably self-absorbed and worrying about his own well-being and how he's being accused of this and how he's going it's something he did and his career could be over that he is so distracted by that he it's not even clicking none of this shit is clicking for him the red flags are not going off because he's so self-absorbed and not only that he's kind of been driven into this corner where he rightfully is getting sued and will kind of lose everything and so part of it is his i think his desperation to kind of eke every penny out of this house that he can yeah which is fine but you know taking pictures of your rape dungeon is not usually helpful in a while you're fighting a rape case but you know I was thinking about that, and I bet he would have cleaned it up nice, or at least paid people to clean it up. Yeah, he, had, he, did, he, did, he <laughs> didn't know? take any pictures. He's purely just measuring with a tape measure yes. at this point. Yes. Yeah. So he bumps into the fake wall that led down to the kind of mine-like uh, tunnels below. And again, instead of being freaked out, he's like, oh, score. There's more square footage. He affixes his measuring tape to the top of the stairs and proceeds to go down. Um, when he is down the stairs, he finds this series of tunnels um, and the creature, the feral woman creature, uh, finds him. And this is like the that's the only the first scary moment of that whole Justin Long sequence. Yeah, like he puts the tape measure at like one of the corners of one of the in the hall and begins walking down the hall. And as he's as he's walking, he finds this lit room. And they're on the, the CRT, t- this tiny CRT TV in the lit room. Now, let's hold it- on. Yeah. Let's hold on. Okay. What do you think is on the tiny CRT TV in this room that like has a blanket on the floor, but is essentially a bare concrete room also strewn with garbage? What do you think um, is on the TV? I, I'm guessing it's surveillance footage. That's a good guess. No. Uh, James, what's on the TV? It is a instructional breastfeeding video. Yes. Um, and, and as he sees this, suddenly the tape measure becomes dislodged and comes back at him. And that's where the first really meant to snap the audience into like, OK, now it's time to be scared mode. Yes. You know, so, tape measures do that all the time. They do. And I was thinking that and I was like, wait a second. 
I hate when that happens. Like pe- people are fine with doors closing behind them, which doesn't happen all the time. But like, not the tape measure. It has a millimeter of a piece of metal that hangs onto something. It's going to pop out. Yeah. Well, in this case, it's very scary. So you just have to be scared. By <laughs> um, so AJ uh, runs after or runs away rather from the feral woman, um, but winds up falling and he is now in a pit. Uh, a cage door closes over him, and who should be in the pit but Tess from earlier? And she so she's she, alive. She covers his mouth, tells him to shut up, and suddenly the movie cuts again. All of a sudden, to something. a flashback. To a yes. flashback. So we get a flashback of a man leaving the same house, the four seven six, I believe, is the address. But you can tell immediately that we're back in time. Um, this is a time when the neighborhood was well-to-do, well-off, uh, and it should be noted, pretty much entirely white, right? This is oh, white, yeah. middle-class suburbia. Big. Yep. Yep. Um, so this man, we don't know who he is. Uh, he gets into his car, um, and he drives to the grocery store. At the grocery store, he is looking for diapers. Um, a woman tells him um, that she can help find him or find him the diapers and kind of asks, you know, what, what he needs or why he needs them. And he says that he's going to soon be having a baby and elaborates that it will be a home birth uh, without a midwife. So the nurse, or I'm sorry. That's the, not how home births go. No, it's not. You always have a midwife. Go, is it? You always have a midwife and you usually don't send your, your significant other, your male husband to go buy the stuff for you yeah. to the point where he doesn't have a list and has to ask the grocery store employee. So um, on the way back, uh, he runs into his neighbor who tells them or who tells him that they will soon be moving and that the neighborhood is not what it used to be. Um, Then we get a sequence where he is parked in his car and he sees a young woman. Um, He later follows her to her house, um, pretends to be a plumbing inspector, goes into her bathroom, unlocks the window and leaves. And that's and that's the flashback. That, that's that's the end of the flashback. So then it kind of cuts right back to present time to Tess and AJ. Tell us okay. what happens. How much does the woman who he followed look like the feral woman in the basement? Um, no, I would say there's no resemblance. This woman is in okay. fact not feral. She does drive a car. <laughs> most feral women probably don't have should we life. should we describe well, the, the feral woman i mean she's she's tall but not like seven five or something she's like she's maybe six for five for sure yeah she and, looks you know what she looks like casey this reference will not affect you because you didn't see this film but she looks very much like the witch in the movie the witch oh yeah she does she does yeah. she she looks like She's not like this, like creature with tentacles or some shit. Like that's also has female features. It's like she's, she's a she's woman. a human woman. She's a human woman. Yeah, but I, I, I think at at this point, well, I mean, should we say exactly what she is? Or I mean, the movie kind no. of just ex- like literally explains it. Um, let's let's wait until the movie explicitly tells us. Oh, I forgot to tell yeah. you. I forgot to say this earlier. The spoiler that I had is that Bill Skarsgård's character dies in this movie. Oh, I thought it, it was that Justin Long was in the movie. No, well, I, I did know that going <laughs> into that. That is a spoiler. I mean, I, I wish I didn't that know that either. I, uh, I didn't know that when I watched it. So this was, but, it was a surprise to me. But I will say that going into horror movies, 
when I I'm very aware of like the type of character that certain actors have played, I would have at one point or another been thinking this guy might not actually be the bad guy just to cast him against type. But I probably would have at least initially been very suspicious of him as the movie is expecting you to be. How, um, how interesting. I am still suspicious of him. He's his skull was crushed. Well, the case you say Casey was, I mean, she, pointed out like you said that there is like he could have she she's escaped his him as the captor like she she got she got a one up on him true um tell us what happens to poor aj because this is difficult to talk about (laughs) i should also mention that the the man in the flashback is played by this actor named richard brake because the the character's name is frank and richard brake more so than any scars guard is a go-to actor for creeps he is a big time creep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've clearly he had nefarious intentions with the woman he followed and, and all that. And so anyway, we're back in present time. Tess warns AJ that he needs to cooperate and not get upset or else she will get upset. And uh, she is in the, the woman. Not Tess. Not Tess. <laughs> she, she, the woman, the fair woman shows up with a huge almost like comically large bottle of milk to get AJ to drink a Tess, baby. Bottle. Yes. With, a, baby a, with bottle. a nipple and everything tells Tess tells him to drink. He refuses to do it. Tess. She, and the, the, the woman turns it and hands it to Tess and Tess drinks it. And she goes like, don't you see? She just wants you to be her baby. AJ continues to resist shows complete disgust. So the creature jumps down there, grabs him. The woman grabs him takes him to the breastfeeding video room, leaving the gate open. And so Tess, she, she sees that and she starts to, she's like, I'm getting out of here. Meanwhile, the feral woman watching the video forces AJ to breastfeed. Yes. From her, presumably. Yeah, from not presumably. Her. We see it. Exactly her. Um, yeah. And he's not having a good time. No, he's so, not. He's not. Well, I he can't did. imagine that she actually is producing any sort of milk. Well, so that's the thing. So it's clear that she is. And I have a few theories about that. I think it might be a like part of, for reasons that we'll get into later, I think it might be a hysterical mm-hmm. pregnancy. Um, or it might be a, an after effect from pregnancy, but we'll, mm-hmm. we'll get to that. Okay. Yeah. Um, so Tess is able to escape. Um, she gets out of the pit because again, he did not, or rather the woman did not um, close in on her and she finally escapes the house. She bursts out and she's screaming for help. And yeah. now we cut to act three. <laughs> I, 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 can I just say, You've escaped that situation, which is, I mean, like, truly the scariest shit that could ever happen. Mm-hmm. Why are you yelling outside of the place where that person is? Why didn't you wait to yell further question. away from... I, I just... There are so many ways to hide, especially in a neighborhood where no one lives. Yeah. Well, okay. That's You're really going to hate what she does next then. Yeah. Um, oh, she's going to go back into the fucking house. <laughs> hey, you just listen. Um, so so when she, she gets out of the basement, she's screaming again. The, 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 um, the unhoused man from earlier comes up to her and rescues her right as the feral woman pops out of the front door of the house. <laughs> she just opens the front door of the house and he grabs her and they run away. The, the the unhoused man clearly knows what's going on. 
He's like, that's a bad place. And she ain't even the worst thing that's in there. Implying that this woman is out enough to where people have seen her and know about her. Yeah. He says the creature comes out at night and will come looking for Tess. If she comes out, if she's out at night. And so before nightfall, Tess runs to go get help from some cops who are very hostile and also pretty racist towards her. Yeah. So, you know what is great about this movie? Even though a lot of things don't make sense, they consistently um, keep on brand for police being yeah. useless. Yeah, they really do. They yeah. Well, to be fair, so Tess right now, she looks disheveled. She looks almost herself, essentially. Yes. And the police officers even tell her, like, go sleep it off. They assume yeah. that she's been on drugs or yeah. something. She's aware of what they might be thinking. She's like, I'm not a crackhead. Like, you are not listening even, to me. But even still, crackheads can also be abducted. And, right. you know, like, why are we now? Okay. I hate yeah. police officers. Cops are terrible. Yeah. So they take her back to the house. Again, they don't believe her story. And they and she's like, we need to get in this house. Like the door front door is locked now. And the she should have mentioned she broke out of the basement window. That's how she got out. And she got out right as the the feral woman was about to grab her. And she they're like, oh, the only crime I see here is you trying to break into this house. Uh, And then they end up being called away, leaving her by herself. So so she could still leave. Yes, she could. She could. She could. Her, her car keys are in the in the house, though. Yep. So she can still leave on foot. Bye, car. Bye. Well, again, this yeah. neighborhood is kind of in the middle of nowhere and completely abandoned, essentially. Yeah. I'm, I, I, but we already know where the danger is. So right, like, and she has her car. Right. So because the feral woman went after her, AJ has left the breastfeeding room and finds another room. The creature, uh, the woman approaches him but by he's standing in front of a door and she seems very afraid to go to that door so he goes into the door he goes into that room and she leaves and inside the room is frank this man he is not looking well he's still alive it seems like barely he's just in a bed it seems like he can't move very much and in the room are also a bunch of tapes of the rapes he committed and and named, presumably even like you know, a lot of other horrible things he's done. They're named things like redhead from the gas station, <clears throat> Irish accent, um, like blonde woman. Those are how the tapes are labeled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And AJ is like disgusted by this. And for what he now knows about Frank and he oh, sees because he did because he didn't record his own right yeah uh, high and mighty aj uh mm. frank is like starts rooting through his nightstand looking for something um aj is like what are you looking for and aj he takes out a frank takes out a gun and shoots himself so frank is In gone he's yeah he's gone right and Wait so frank had a loaded gun the whole time well i think it was the nightstand wasn't within reach of him and he is not in good shape like he could barely move but he's still okay yeah it seemed like aj helped him kill himself i mean inadvertently but 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 it was still in there with him the entire time yes yes okay so tess has broken into the house to get the car keys she heads to her car and just as she enters the car and this is nightfall now 
the feral woman has come out of the front door and runs right at her. She drives into the woman, into the house, crushes her kind of between the car and the house. And the, the, the feral woman is kind of like, like seemingly dies while looking at making like direct eye contact with Tess, almost just like sad. Like, you were, say, like you were my baby. And you we should me. say uh, before this happens, after she's been pinned to the house, the feral woman has enough strength to smash Tess's windshield. Multiple yes, times. she does. Like, break it. Yes. And so now with this woman seemingly dead, Tess goes back into the house with a flashlight. She reenters the basement to find AJ and her flashlight goes out and she starts walking down the hall. She sees a light in front of her. And it's pretty much as soon as she asks who asks who's there, she's Bam. immediately accidentally shot by AJ, non <laughs> yeah. non lethally. I think it's like in her side. Yeah. AJ helps her out of the house. AJ has been a real fuck up. He's been a real fuck up. And honestly, she, does he have anything to share that's useful? Kind of. We'll see. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, well, yeah, you'll see. Um, okay. I mean, but yes and no. Useful to the audience, not to the story. Um, he, they see that the that the fair woman has gone away. She's gone. No. Yeah, yeah. crushed yeah. against the house, but gone. Tess realizes but where. Why they can... are we always leaving creatures like that just there? Like, right? Everyone you knows you pop them in the head. Yep. Yeah. Um, Double tap, zombie land taught us all that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so Tess realizes where they can go. Um, she's struggling, but she's keeping up a little bit and he's kind of helping her. Uh, she goes, they go to where the unhoused man is there and they find where he's staying and he kind of he intercepts them and brings them to his like home. Yeah. Uh, so this and, man, wait, stop. Yeah. This man told her, don't stay in that house. Mm-hmm. That is unsafe. And she was like, I'm dismissing you as a crazy homeless person. I'm not going to mm-hmm. listen to you. And all of these other things. But then just as soon as she's like, oh, you're right now, she's asking him to help her. Yes. Yes. It's clear that he knew what was up in that house. But like, she's <clears throat> a fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess. Right? A little bit. In a way. <laughs> like, yeah. oh, I don't want, you know, you're just this crazy homeless person. Don't speak to me. And yeah. then it turns out that he was right. She's like, so now you're going to use your resources to yeah. help me? Well, Yeah. 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 I'm just saying. No, you're right. Like a real dick. You're right. I have I have some questions too. Um why oh well, I'll get to that in a second. So clearly this man knows what Frank had been up to in that house for years. And you know, Tess is like, who the fuck is she? And, he, and initially he's like, She's the crazy lady living in that house. But he knows exactly what happened. He 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 talks about how that man has abducted women raped them those women had kids he raped the kids they had babies and just kept going and going and going and so this feral woman is a product of that of a long sequence of inbreeding and incest yes and this character uh this this man is so over the top in a very funny way but in a weird time in the movie where it's you're it's supposed to be kind of serious but he's almost kind of comic relief in a way, and, and at least for the reason to me is like, why is he still there? Yeah. Why is he in the neighborhood? Given what he knows, what's keeping him there? I mean, presumably, if he went to the police, they would pretty much do the same thing they did with Tess and be right, like, but, you're 
crackhead, you're crazy. I agree. There's yeah. probably other neighborhoods he could choose to live. Right. Exactly. Um, and like, so they're sitting there, sitting around a fire. Uh, again, it's nighttime and AJ well, also, is... he's not a woman, so mm-hmm. he's not actually in danger. Mm-hmm. The only yeah. people who get harmed in that home are women. You get raped and then that lady might kill you, but it doesn't seem like he's in true danger. That's true. He's aware of who could abduct him and he knows. Also, people who live on the outskirts of society are not fearful of people who live on the outskirts of society. Mm. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a great point. She's, listen, she is on the goddamn outskirts yeah. if anyone is. Uh, yeah. It sounds like it. Yeah. Um, so while they're sitting there, AJ kind of like briefly muses about whether he's a bad person or a good person that did a bad thing. And then and there are a couple chuckles in the audience because obviously AJ is just the biggest piece of shit. Um, also, I watched an entire season of Dexter where that was the question, and, <laughs> you know? Jesus. <laughs> um. So AJ says that, like, we need to get out of here. And the the homeless man insists they're, they're safe where they are. And he says, shit, I've been living here in here, this place 15 years, and she ain't never came up in this motherfucker. And immediately Bam! she breaks through the wall. And what does she do? Um, she like rips the Kool-Aid his- man? Yeah, just basically, like the Kool-Aid just man, like the Kool-Aid, essentially. Man. Um, he proceeds to rip the homeless man's <laughs> arm off. And beats him to death with it. <laughs> what do we think? What are we thinking right now? I mean, that's a time to get away if you're not being beaten to death by your own body parts. Well, you know, what happens next, Aaron? Uh, well, AJ and Tess run to the top of an old water. And doesn't town. he still have a gun? Well, yes, he does. He does. So um, they're they're up on this old water tower. AJ is running ahead of Tess. Keep in mind, he shot her accidentally. She is actively bleeding and has a wound in her side. Now he is just in full, like, it's I'm saving myself mode. Yeah, exactly. So they get to the top of the water tower, and she tells him, AJ, your gun. And he realizes, because he had forgotten for some reason, because he's just along in this movie and he's an idiot, um, he pulls out the gun, but fumbles it and drops it off the water tower. Um, what happens next? So AJ has the, he comes to this conclusion that this woman will never stop coming after them and that he can get away. And this is like an, it's an, not an internal monologue. He's saying this out loud and he can get away, but Tess needs to help slow the woman down. He then grabs Tess and throws her off the water tower. The woman dives after her, saves her, grabs her in midair, and cushions her fall. Is that what happens? What because I was con- I was confused because I thought Tess hit the ground first and then the creature hit the ground. I guess that makes more sense based on what happens later, but I thought Tess hit the ground completely. I don't know if it was like budgetary reasons, but they don't, I don't think they do a great job showing it, but I think they show enough to make it clear what's. I happening. think you must, yeah, I think you must be right because otherwise what happens makes no sense. Yeah, because Tess is still alive. Yeah, that's the part that makes no sense. So he, AJ comes down and sees that Tess is alive next to the motionless woman and he's like, I'm so sorry. I had no choice, you know? Like, and then, and then he does this. And I think this is a good line uh, of dialogue to have. Also, too, this is very well nature. This is very well observed for shit bags because this yes. is exactly what they do. He goes, I didn't even let go. You started to slip. There was nothing I could do. I mean, I'm saving you. After throwing her off the water tower. Yeah. Men are garbage people and you don't have to convince me. 
<laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, you'll like this uh, because suddenly the feral woman gets up again, lifts AJ up, gouges out his eyes, and with, yes! her, with, with her thumbs in his skull, rips his head and open in half. Rips it in half. From the back. You don't see it, um, but you can clearly see that she has ripped his head like open. Like, yeah. So AJ's dead. This is, this yeah. is amazing. Okay. <laughs> it's it's this, pretty graphic. I, yeah. I'm now into it. Like, I was afraid. And now this feels like men are getting their comeuppance or something. Are you... How do you feel about at this point? Well, let me let me conclude and I'll ask because <laughs> uh, the movie's basically over. So the creature uh, she then approaches Tess very gently, sees that she's injured, Tess is injured, and kind of motions with them like, "Let's go back to the house." We should also mention that every time the creature attempts to communicate, it makes like "ba ba ba" like baby babble sounds. Yeah. And the only word it seems to be capable of saying is baby. Yes. She's brushing Tess. She's saying, ba, 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 baby, and pointing back to the house, presumably like, I'll take care of you. Um, You're my baby. Yep. So Tess grabs the gun nearby, points it at the woman's head. And and notably like this, the woman does not seem to feel threatened by this. In fact, she kisses her own fingers and then touches Tess's lips with them. And then Tess pulls the trigger to kill the woman and then the credits start immediately boom and then the the credits are just kind of intercut with tess walking down the street alone as the sun comes up as the song be my baby by the ronettes plays be not feel baby i feel so dissatisfied well okay this is perfect this is is perfect is it because you were really pulling for tess and keith and turns out keith's a great guy and that they actually had a lot in common and he's dead now Cause that's what happened. <laughs> Cause that's what happened. <laughs> that's what happened. Um, so it's because it's because there's no, a, a story is supposed to have a beginning, middle and end. There's supposed to be a plot. There's supposed to be something that moves it forward that you understand. Um, I don't understand what happened here. Well, so we'll, we'll talk about it, but first we'll, why don't we talk about what works um, yeah. about the, about the film? What works for you, James? Uh, I think the opening 40 minutes, like up until like the AJ cut to AJ is like perfect. I love it so much. I love everything they're trying to do with the red flags. I love how it progresses. I love the idea of like a, from someone who loves horror and who loves very creepy spaces is like a thing that like in horror that creeps me out. Like the, the basement like passageway leading to another even deeper basement basement passageway really gets under my skin. So that really worked for me. Um, I think all the performances are great. I think the the creature design is great. It's a pretty damn impressive for a $4.5 million movie. Um, yeah, I would say so. And I would say most of the writing really works for me too. Um, given the, the assumption that like this, the intent is really to just like make fun of the tropes. Yes. Um, I'm also going to say what works. You kind of mentioned it, but the sets, I think, especially the sets. Oh yeah. Around, um, you just, you feel very claustrophobic and kind of smothered by all the shadows and the darkness. It's a very scary environment. Yeah. But I'll echo pretty much everything else you said. Casey, you didn't see the movie, but you heard the story. What works about the story to you? Sounds like nothing. Um, what? <laughs> I mean, that's okay. That's okay too. 
<laughs> what was this about? What did we learn? What do we know? What did we walk away from that's different than what we came there with? To me, storytelling is about uh, I'm going to walk away with something different than what I walked in with. Mm-hmm. And what I walked okay. in with is what the fuck is happening here? And what it, what I walked away from it with was what the fuck is happening here? So well, I didn't get any questions answered. So what is what were they doing? So the movie doesn't spell it out exactly, but you're left to believe that this guy, Frank, who has been kidnapping, raping, murdering women, having incestuous babies with them. Presumably this feral woman was one of those babies that grew up and is still alive with him in this dungeon. And that's why she was so afraid to go in the room with Frank, because Frank is her father and has presumably severely punished her and kept her prisoner this whole time. But like... Like what do we learn? No lang- she has no language skills. Mm-hmm. No. So she was never exposed to language, but she is she understands context and what happens to people who come in there. And also why is she just harming random people who come in? There? I don't what do you get from this? Ex- uh that's really I think this this comes down to like a how do you feel about horror movies? Do you like them or do you not? at the end of the day would you right Aaron like yeah it's like I I came to be spooked to see some kooky shit happen and to be like leave the theater being like what the fuck and that's exactly what I got yeah I think so too I think also generally in fiction you want to start your story as late in the story as you possibly can but I think for horror horror almost the third act kind of ends really as soon as the threat ends for a lot of horror so many horror movies end with like the last person alive like just getting away like literally just avoiding death and then the movie just ends immediately exactly. that's that's how most of them do yeah so i think this might be uh yeah like james said a, a function of the genre more than anything yeah um so all we're supposed to, we were just supposed to be scared mm-hmm. and we got that and it was weird and it was interesting but like i'm supposed to be fine with the fact that somebody did not have to develop a cohesive plot that ended with a true end as opposed to just that's a weird adult baby and she killed some people yeah it's it's, you know what you could sum up the entire film as it it's a weird adult baby who sometimes kills people that's true i think that's just what people people like seeing like a poster like barbarian it looks like a creepy horror movie if you know nothing else about it like aaron knowing very little like you probably went in being like this is just gonna be a crazy romp this is gonna be like a bill skarsgård uh i can't remember the name of tessa's actress um georgina campbell georgina campbell this is gonna be a georgina campbell bill skarsgård cat and mouse game that's gonna take place in this one night in this house that's kind of what i was expecting this was not that Um, We can transition into what doesn't work now. Does that work with you guys? Yeah. Yeah. Because I'll say, uh, I would say act three doesn't work for me. Okay. Um, Just because act three is when things get really, really blown out um, and kind of ridiculous in the way only horror movies can. Um, And that's where it lost me. I would have preferred, I I told you this before the recording, but I think it bears repeating here. Um, I was expecting, based on the first act, kind of a psycho. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I, I think the movie winds up, winds up being closer to is something like Malignant. 
um, which yeah. is definitely fun and has its place. But Malignant is definitely big and blown out. Um, more so for the entire film. This movie yeah. gets big and blown out in Act Three, which I think it gets to be a little too much. It, it is because some of the director was interviewed. And I listened to a couple of the interviews, and and he, I mean, he makes it very clear that like the first forty minutes, which I think are is by far the best part. And I think you would agree with that, Aaron. Is that like the first forty minutes are like he put like his heart and soul into that, and he actually he did not know where the story was going to go. He stopped writing. And that after, is clear. It is clear. And I feel that deeply in how you've explained this to me. <laughs> yes. And he ended up, I think hit, hit the conclusion he came to when he like walked away from the writing for a little bit. is like, what happens next after Keith is dead? Where do, where do I go from here? And he's like, I'm going to do, I want to try to come up with something that will surprise, like surprise myself and surprise everybody. I'm going to go completely out of left field. And he did it. I think it works for the most part. I like it I, a lot. I also like the transition. I just think between act one and act two, act two definitely piqued my interest and had me going. Mm-hmm. I think by the time we got to act three, again, everything was just so big and blown out. I still yeah. liked it, um, but it was it was definitely like zero yeah. to six in some and way. One of the common criticisms of horror, I mean, movies in general, I guess, but like a lot a big criticism of horror movies is they don't end well. And... I, I think it's a fair criticism to say this one doesn't even just from like a purely like horror movie criticism, not just like story criticism. But I mean, the thing I didn't really like, I, I mean, it's not, I, I like being scared. I like the, I like the comedy in it, but I would say that it, you really feel the lack of scares and tension after the first 40 minutes. Like it's com- almost completely absent by the end of the movie. Cause like yeah. you, you've kind of been like, it, you've been away from the horror for too long. It shifts away from like um, suspicious dialogue horror, that tension, almost like the first scene in Inglorious yeah, Bastards. In a way. A lot of tension, but it's all through dialogue. And then act two, and especially act three, it's all through very overt horror, gore, yeah. upsetting attacks. And but those uh, things don't seem to emerge. And it, there's no, like the plot mm-hmm. and the, the, like, the visual shit they're not merging in a way where you're like, okay, I see this happening all together. It's mm-hmm. like, it was, one was chosen and then another was chosen. And they just in line together being like, okay, well, it's this like tension. It's happening this way. Okay, but I didn't write the rest of it. So now it's just like this thing mm-hmm. is happening this way. Where's the cohesion? Well, think, and that's yeah. a fair argument to make. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I think eventually it became about like, it's like, oh, my whole point is that the cohesion doesn't exist. I'm making a huge, I'm taking a huge risk by going out of, out of left field like this. And I think it's just difference in people's like, I could, it's, I think it's totally fair not being into that. Um, I, I just want to see like, as especially as somebody who's here to talk about like feminism and like women's perspectives, Mm-hmm. I just don't see a world in which a woman could direct something like this and it would go well for her in this same way. And like, she could only mm-hmm. spend four and a half million dollars and have at least one person who is like fairly well known in there and then make all of this money like tenfold when there's not a real plot to follow and there's not a real like succinct and happy ending or, you know, like, um, satisfying ending not happy but satisfying I, mm-hmm. I just feel like there's a lot of space for men to be like let me just oh it's weird let me try it and people are like wow look at what your penis did 
<laughs> this makes me wish that Casey was on our St. Maud episode. Oh, can you even imagine? I would have, we should just redo it with Casey. That'd be awesome. I think it should be noted that uh, I think part of the trope that he was going for, as I mentioned, was the psycho trope where you kind of kill the lead unexpectedly. Yeah. Uh, Spoiler act. alert for Psycho. Uh, yeah, spoiler <laughs> alert for Psycho. Um, but even are, that, do you are there spoiler alerts on things that are fifty no. years old? No, <laughs> Not at this no. Point. no. But um, I, you could make the argument that Hitchcock only got away with that because he was a man. Yeah. Because uh, especially at the time, if a female director existed at all and she tried to pull that, it would not fly. You could you can make the case for a lot of things, and you can't. Like it's not like a well, we're trying. It's like this is a fact. Mm-hmm. And men get to do things that women don't get to do. So yeah. So um, shall we explore the world of this movie? Yes, we can fly through these. Yeah. Um, how would this work as a video game? I thought really long and hard about this, and I it kind of came up empty. Um, I, I I don't think it it's if you're really like replicating like what happens in the movie. I, I don't. I can't. You can't replicate it in like a first person horror type situation so i feel like you should just own the 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 goofy part of it and just have it be like a friday the 13th nes uh, type like game where it's like a side scroller where you play as the feral woman oh as you and you have to like save babies in the neighborhood while killing like cops and (laughs) rapists yeah i like that yeah um i was thinking uh binding of isaac alike Ooh, I like that. But with the with the layers of the basement. Oh and then shit! You're just slaying daughters. That's a whole... <laughs> that's great. Yeah, right. That's Isn't a that great really idea? My video game experience is almost entirely Pokemon. Oh so my god! Gotta catch. What would that look like? Is there a Pokemon Snap option for catching the fair woman? Oh my god! Oh yeah, you like in the neighborhood? Like catching her outside. That's that would be That's amazing. Brilliant. You have to catch That's like you have to like throw like um like a baby out as bait yes. and, and then snap pictures of her. Yes. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's well, amazing. <laughs> um, that and my, my or Professor Layton, um, and you have ooh. to solve the mystery. But that would actually add a plot to the story because then you find out why all of it was happening. True. Yeah. Well, which Professor Layton had the rape dungeon in it? <laughs> Professor Layton and the. I think it would have been called Professor Layton in the rape dungeon. (laughs) dungeon. Yeah. Jeez. Obviously. Um, Now, would Casey, would you want to live in the world of this movie? (laughs) If you 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 say yes, if you say yes to that question, I will start a different assessment. (laughs) I'm very glad you said that, Casey, because I have a feeling. For For those of your listeners who aren't aware, I'm an LCSW. And for a living, I take care of people's mental health. Mm-hmm. So if you want to live in this neighborhood, we're going to mm-hmm. have a discussion. <laughs> um, well, this is one of the rare times where I will also say no. Yeah, I don't live in this world. It's a strict no for me. and I'm, But I am going to say for the second week in a row, uh, Casey, uh, Aaron very often says yes, that he wants to live in the world when there are, especially when there are very terrifying like demonic things happening because and his rationale is that if a force of evil this great especially if it's like satan himself exists there must be a god and i want to live in a world where there's a god 
Yes, that is my rationale. That's, that's a wild way to look at things because like if there's a God and they're allowing all those other <clears throat> things to happen, do I want to worship that God? Because mm-hmm. for me, the answer is no. Um, you're going to watch these terrible things happen and be like, yep, that's totally cool being. Yeah. Um, so that's a no from me. Okay. Nose across the board. Nose across the board. Love it. All right. All right. Perfect. Also, Aaron is willing to live in a bunch of scenarios that most people are not. Yeah. Oh, I will. I will cling to life basically however I can. I'm a real AJ like that. (laughs) Oh, God. Don't equate yourself. I'm not. You would kill yourself in most adverse situations. Casey's shaking her head. Is for anyone who's not. Not able to hear. Not able to hear. Okay. So fan fiction corner was super disappointing. I found yeah. nothing. But I guess it I makes found, sense because it's so recent. I did find um two. One was in Spanish. So well, you did. I don't even think I mentioned that this movie came out in September. Well, I mentioned I saw it in theaters, so yeah, it came out very recently. Um, but I saw one that was in Spanish, so I couldn't read it because my Spanish is not that good. Um, and then I saw another one that, w- that was a post on a fan fiction um, Tumblr, uh, but it was just the idea for a story. What do you oh, okay. think the idea for the story was? Um, I hope it was nothing more about Frank. No, it's nothing more about Frank. It's just literally the. I guess it would be. Ch- Je- is Jess going to become friends with it? creature no that's a good guess and then loose her on the neighborhood like her own personal like fear <laughs> to command uh no it was just a meet cue rom- rom-com with um tess and keith oh that's see that's that, that's my that's the fan fiction i wanted i want to see the rom-com that plays out if none of the horror stuff ever happens i just want to see a tess and keith movie yeah that'd be really boring I, but can i it add would something be. that i find concerning is there a concerning messages part of your podcast? It, there is now, but there, there could be. Yeah. Okay. Here's a concerning message that I'm feeling. They made every effort to make you feel wary about the relationship and the, the ways of the scars guard. Right. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Turns out he wasn't dangerous at all. That's not a message that anyone should be getting. Like the (laughs) message there was like, when people are terrifying and scary, especially to women about, don't worry about that. There's a feral woman in the basement who's going to murder you. It's not this man to pay attention to. I, I find that concerning. And I do think that was not, I feel like that the message was, let men be creepy because it turns out they're not your murderer. Yeah, that's fair because we don't know anything more about Keith. Keith could you have know. been nefarious in his own ways. You, you, yeah, you don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> I, that's why I want a fan fiction where he's not. and He's fully not and they just hit it off and have a great time. I want a fan fiction Wait. where Tess joins the duo of uh, Peter from Hereditary and Danny from Midsummer oh, on their supernatural investigations. That'd be great. You're just going to keep building that team, huh? Yeah, it's going to be great. She yeah. could be like tech support. <laughs> she could be the woman in the chair for them. Yeah. Well, Sorry, Casey, go on. does not sound good. Eh, it's probably not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but would you say that was Barbarian? That was Barbarian. And one thing I didn't, I guess two things I didn't mention. 
I really, I don't know if I explicitly said it. I really, 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 really like this movie. Um, I liked being, I liked everything it was trying to do, even when it's not doing it as well as it might've been able to. Honestly, my biggest complaint of like what doesn't work. I didn't mention this before is I don't, I don't like the flashback. I didn't need the flashback. I don't need to see what this guy's up to. If you didn't show it, you have this like feral woman. Plus you have a line literally later in the movie that explains it, but like you trust your audience to put this together. AJ goes into a room. He sees a bunch of tapes. He sees like there's the birthing video. There's all that stuff. You don't need a flashback. Even if it's only mercifully, it's five minutes. I I was worried it was going to go longer when I was in the theater watching it. I was really glad they didn't show him actually do anything. And because that would have been just, that would have ruined the movie for me, honestly. But like the, just trust your audience to know exactly what's going on based on the scene. Yeah. I would say that's fair. Yeah. Um, All right. Shall we do weekly catch up everyone? Yeah. All right. James, what have you been up to this week? Uh, I have watched a handful of movies. Um, Well, I've been watching one piece. I'll just skip that part. Obviously I'm always watching it. Uh, I, I watched a bunch of stuff starting on Halloween. I watched VHS 99, VHS 94, Halloween three season of the witch. Friday the 13th, the final chapter. Well, that was a rewatch. Uh, I will say Halloween three season of the witch is so terrible, but it it's like, <laughs> I want to go to like a, the room like screening of it. Okay. Um, it? How are the VHS films? Because I've heard good things about some of them, not others, but I love the idea of an anthology movie like that. So yep. did you them? 99 had one good one. The rest was kind of meh. 94 is good. I would check out 94. And I think one and two are good also. Um, as a side note, have you ever seen the movie Holidays? No. It's an anthology film. It's a horror film where each uh, vignette is about a different holiday. I highly recommended. Okay. I will yeah. check that out. Thank you. Um, I watched the movie Pulse, uh, the original Japanese one, um, which is pretty creepy. I watched John Carpenter's Prince of Darkness for the first time. I hadn't seen that. I thought it was, it did some cool things. It was, it was okay mostly. I watched Blowout, the Brian De Palma movie, and I watched Speak No Evil, which I will say is a much more uh, upsetting movie than this one in terms of a lot of like the horror elements from it are conversational uh, about like human interaction and social interaction. And basically kind of it's it's like a horror movie about like the it's like brutal scenes of like people pleasing and not being able to speak your mind when yeah it's it's like unbearable i was like just clinging to my seat just like in these characters in uncomfortable situations it's about this couple that meets another couple uh at a wedding and they hit it off and the one couple says hey you know you should come visit us sometime and so they come visit and they're spending a weekend together and it turns out this other couple is not as like nice as they seem before they're really passive aggressive and there's a lot of moments of just like, just get the fuck out of there or just tell them what you're thinking. Like, but no, like you know, the guests are trying to please them and, and, and not point out like all the horrible things that are happening. Like not all, or like not horrible, but anyway, it's, it's a different kind of, it's a very like psychological horror movie and it fucked with my head a lot. So. Okay. Fair yeah. enough. Um, I have, Oh, what have you been playing? Oh, um, I have been playing Hollow Knight almost exclusively and I uh, played a lot of Friday the 13th after last week. I was like, let's, let's play that game a little bit more. Nice. 
Yeah. Um, I've been playing Mario and Rabbids, Sparks of Hope. Uh, it's still a great game, still loving it. I've been playing Hollow Knight, um, loving that as well. Um, and finishing up Xenoblade Chronicles 3. So those are the ones. About I'm, time. I, yeah. I'm like 70 hours in, so it should happen soon. Yeah. Um, in terms of watching, I watched Nope uh, with Edgar. Uh, we like Nope, but we thought it was the weakest of all of his films, Jordan Peele's. Yeah. Um, still recommend, still great, uh, but just not as strong, I felt. The, as the Gordy's Home stuff, I think, is so good. But the, the rest Gordy's of Home stuff is great. Doesn't work as well. It feels, yeah, it feels a bit out of place. Yeah. Um, and then we've been watching Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities. Is that good? I've been wanting to watch that. Uh, we have only seen the first one so far. Um, it was pretty good. There's a few random things that don't make sense and are kind of inconsistent about it, which annoyed me. But I would say it's worth your watch. Cool. Um, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Casey, what have you been watching? What have you been playing? Um. So watching, I started watching, um, what was it called? Our Flag. Means Death. Means Death. Yeah, I started watching that because I'm a big Taiki, what, what, Taika Watiti fan. Enough of a fan to know how to say his name. Damn, Aaron. Taika Watiti. Yeah. Ouch. A great show. Fuck off. <laughs> um, he... I, I yeah well for a long time I've like put off watching what we do in the shadows is the show just because the movie was so good and I was like are yeah. they gonna be able to do it and then I was like oh dope they've incorporated women as main characters this will be fun and it was because Nadja's amazing she's amazing um so I started watching that it's good I haven't gotten fully into it yet so um I watch a lot of tv not movies though so i'm not i maybe you guys can help me with that because i'm always looking for something to watch and i don't have a lot of things because i watch a lot of tv already um playing you know my jam i'm not not i'm not deep into the video games except for pokemon which i have a deep love for so i have been playing some old Pokemon games because um, on November 18th, there's the new Pokemon games. Yes, um, absolutely. can't be more excited about it. So I'm just like, when is it happening? And I am so ready to catch them. Um, Despite the fact that Stefan keeps being like, well, you need to catch Arceus because you haven't done the last one. (laughs) Tell him to go fuck yourself. (laughs) Yeah, I have. I can't. I've tried enough. Um, I cannot. That's it's it's over for me but i've accepted that i'm okay <laughs> and that's all that matters yeah i can't catch him um it's truly unacceptably hard you don't have to catch them all that's just you can just catch some of them yeah <laughs> the, the thing is that was the first game that i got that close to it and then they made it impossible so. okay aaron if there was like a, a phrase to sum up your gaming mindset would you say uh you can just catch some of them is a fair assessment yeah basically, the way you approach gaming you can just catch some of the game and then if it really compels you you can catch it all but really just catching some of it is fine yeah whereas mine is like if you don't catch them all you're a failure and that's not other people that's what i say to myself i mean it is other people and I, it, there are other people who pay me large amounts of money um every week because that's 
that's anxiety. Maybe we should talk about that, you and me, because like, yeah, I've got some anxieties that kind of work through uh, that manifest yeah, themselves in yeah. gaming. <laughs> yeah, you know, I failed to catch our kids, but I am not a failure. I'm a dope Pokemon bitch. Nice. I'm sorry that you feel that way about yourself. Me too. I mean, I'm exag- I'm exaggerating a lot, but to, to be fair, we should cases. note that in our last Pokemon battle, Casey did win. Nice. Yeah. Even the all Aaron's whole jam is just a team of EVs. It's just oh, every evolution. <laughs> I and, love and that's me. all he's he'll ever fight you with. He's I didn't like, know that. This is what I do. But that I sounds love. like classic, classic you. I'm not surprised yeah. in the slightest. Doesn't it? Doesn't it? Or either that or like a murderer's row of the most oddball Pokemon you can think of. I do like that too. I'll do that occasionally as well. I knew like it. you want you want a stun fisk, you want a dunsparce, you're getting it. I as someone who hasn't really played Pokemon since Game Boy, um, but it's trying. I know, I know. It's a big oversight. Honestly, Scarlet and Violet is the first time in a long, long, long time that I'm like, this actually looks dope. I should get it. So maybe well, I you will. didn't miss out on Arceus, I can tell you that. That's what I hear. I have no, strong it, feelings about that, I, and they're not good. It was brilliant. I loved it. I hated every second of it. <laughs> and on that note, everyone, <laughs> Casey, thank is, you so much for yeah, uh, for joining yeah. us. This is so this was amazing. Yeah, thank you for being part of this. And um, if you want to hear another story, maybe you can be a guest again sometime. I, I I really would love you to watch the first like just. I don't know, 20 minutes of this movie. Yeah. Oh, I'm yeah. going to do that as soon as we're done with this. Basically up until, I mean, you can watch it up until Keith goes into the basement. Yeah, I can't. I'm going to tell you right now, I can't handle basement scares because I need to go into basements just like to live. <clears throat> okay. I can't be managing creeps coming out of the basement. So yeah. I can manage up until I know it's going to happen. And then I'm yeah. going to, that feral bitch is going to pop out. So I got yeah. to be happy. You'll know it, you'll know when to stop for sure. Yeah. 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 So cool. All right. Okay, bye. Bye.